wouldn't it? Is that better? Hello, everybody online. <laughs> um, yeah, this morning we're going to continue our series on the parables of Jesus. And this morning I'm going to look at the parable of the unforgiving servant, or in some versions it's called the unmerciful servant or the unforgiving debtor, whichever way you want to take it. And as we've heard on previous weeks, Jesus spoke in parables, and he spoke in parables to explain what he wanted to say, like we do sometimes. We, we talk in pictures and stories, don't we? Which explains far more than we can say with just ordinary words. So let's read this parable now. Then Peter came to Jesus and asked, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother or sister who sins against me? Up to seven times. Jesus answered, I tell you, not seven times, but 77 times, or in a lot of versions, 70 times seven. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a king who wants to settle accounts with his servants. As he began to settle, a man who owed him 10,000 bags of gold was brought to him. Since he was not able to pay, the master ordered that he and his wife and his children and all that they had be sold to repay the debt. At this, the servant fell on his knees before him. Be patient with me, he begged, and I will pay back everything. The servant's master took pity on him, cancelled the debt, and let him go. But when the servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred silver coins. He grabbed him and began to choke him. Pay back what you owe me, he demanded. The fellow servant fell on his knees and begged him, be patient with me, and I will pay it back. But he refused. Instead, he went off and had the man thrown into prison until he could pay the debt. When the other servants saw what, was, what happened, they were outraged and went and told their master everything that had happened. Then the master called the servant in. You wicked servant, he said. I cancelled all that debt of yours because you begged me to. Shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant just as I had on you? In anger, his master handed him over to the jailer to be tortured until he should pay back all he owed. This is how my heavenly Father will treat each of you unless you forgive your brother or sister from the heart. Wow. That's really hard, isn't it? This is how my heavenly Father will treat each of you unless you forgive your brother or sister from the heart. Jesus paints a really stark picture there, doesn't he? But we'll come on to that a bit later. Um, yeah, this is a very important parable, as you probably guessed. And there are certain unnegotiables in the kingdom of God, and forgiveness is one of them. Later in Matthew 22, 37 to 40, Jesus summarises commandments like this. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbour as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. And so when we read this parable of the unforgiving servant in chapter 18 about forgiveness, and forgiveness is the key to meeting this unnegotiable and loving our neighbour as ourselves, if we can't forgive, we, we can't love, can we? So before we get into the parable itself, let's just think about Peter's question and Jesus' answer. 
Matthew 18, 21. Then Peter came to Jesus and asked, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother or sister who sins against me? Up to seven times. Firstly, this starts with then Peter came, which is a clue that something's happened beforehand. And if you look back at the previous few verses, you see that Jesus addresses the issues of brothers and sisters sinning against each other and hurting each other. And Jesus lays down a three-stage process of dealing with that. Okay, So that, that's what the context of Peter's question is. So look, Peter says, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother or sister who sins against me? Up to seven times. Now, where did Peter get seven times from? Did he think it was really generous number to forgive? Or was it just Peter putting his foot in his mouth again, like he always does? <laughs> engage mouth before, no, engage brain before opening mouth sort of situation. Well, the, com the commentators say that the rabbinical view of the day was that you should forgive three times. First time, okay, not so bad. Second time, you've done it again. Third time, that's it, mate, you're stuffed, you're out done with you. So Peter in his mind has been really generous by more than doubling what the rabbis say you should do, but Jesus is having none of it. Jesus' answer, I tell you not seven times but 77 times or in other versions 77 times. Now before you get your phones out that's 490 times. So was Jesus saying there was an ultimate limit to forgiveness? No, of course not. Now, he may have been referring to Genesis 4.24, actually, because all good Jews, good Jews knew their Old Testament. And they would have known this because, you know, taking revenge is a very serious thing. And in Genesis 4.24, it says, if Cain is avenged seven times, then Lamech 77 times. So Jesus may have been referring back to that. But what Jesus wants Peter and the rest of the disciples and us to understand is there is no limit to the number of times we should forgive. And our forgiveness should be limitless and extravagant, just as God's is towards us. Which brings us to the parable. And just so Peter and the rest of those who were hearing what Jesus was saying and they get the point, he tells them this story. And the contrast of the massive amount that the first servant is forgiven against what the second servant owed is, is starkling, isn't it? It's a massive debt. So what is the comparison between these two debts? Well, in terms of value, 10,000 bags of gold is estimated to equal three billion pounds. Three billion pounds. We have a next slide. Each stack of gold there represents about 1.2, 1.3 billion pounds. So 3 billion was actually estimated in 2015, so it's probably a lot more than that now. His colleague, on the other hand, only owed him 100 silver coins, which equates to 100 days' labour. So not a negative amount, but it's a mere 600,000th of what he owed his master, which looks like this. 
So the comparison between the two amounts owed is startling, isn't it? Three billion compared to five thousand pounds. Jesus doesn't explain how the unforgiving servant ran up such a massive debt. I mean, who has enough money that you can owe them three billion pounds and they don't really notice it? (laughs) But he doesn't say that. But that's not the point, is it? Neither is the amount of money. The point is the level of forgiveness shown the first servant compared to the unforgiveness he showed his fellow. Now, George Eldon Ladd, an American theologian, who was a big influence on John Wimber, wrote a lot about the formation of kingdom theology. And he says this, the centrality of forgiveness of sin is a concept of the kingdom of God is illustrated by the parable of forgiveness. It sets forth the relationship between the divine and human forgiveness in the kingdom of God. The divine forgiveness precedes and conditions human forgiveness. The free gift of God's forgiveness lays upon people the demand of a forgiving spirit. What Jesus wants the disciples and Peter and therefore us to grasp is that forgiveness is, as I said at the beginning, an unnegotiable. It's a value of the kingdom of God. As George Eldon puts it there, the free gift of God's forgiveness lays upon people the demand of a forgiving spirit. Jesus also makes it very clear through this comparison in the parable that forgiveness is costly. In Voice from the Hills, uh, Phil Greenslade has a wonderful quote, quote from Gerald Sister, professor of theology at Whitworth University. And this is what Gerald says. Forgiveness is costly because it requires us to give up the right to let justice prevail, to get even. The command to forgive confronts our desire to extract payment and to punish the offender. It forces us to let God be God, so that his mercy and justice, blended perfectly together, can deal with the offender in a way that both disciplines and restores. Sometimes it's very hard to forgive when we've been hurt, isn't it? But the command is very clear. We must forgive. If you think back to our tour through the Beatitudes, in Matthew 6, Jesus talked about forgiveness when he gave us what we now know as the Lord's Prayer. And this is what it says. Then this is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. And forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors. And forgive us our debts, as we have also forgiven our debtors. And Matthew concludes in his version of the Lord's Prayer at the end, and he says this, For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive their sins... Your father will not forgive your sins. That's almost the same as the last verse of the parable, isn't it? This is how my heavenly father will treat each of you, unless you forgive your brother or sister from your heart. Jesus is reminding them what he taught them in the Lord's Prayer. 
And the fact that unless we forgive, we will not be forgiven. Or put it another way. Look at Luke 37 to 38. Do not judge and you, not, you will not be judged. Do not condemn and you will not be condemned. Forgive and you will be forgiven. For with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. It's really hard words, this, isn't it? This is not easy. I know we've been forgiven by God and forgiven our sins, but in all of these verses, we forgive first in that sense. And if we don't forgive, God won't forgive us. Therefore, try as we might, we can't get away from this unnegotiable of the kingdom of God. We can't argue with that, can we? So this parable, although titled The Unforgiving Servant, is really the parable of forgiveness. The three billion bags of gold represent the weight of our sin and the magnitude of the cost of winning our salvation, purchased by Jesus' blood on the cross. And we read in Ephesians and in Hebrews and in 1 Peter to note just a few of the verses, the price Jesus paid for our redemption. Ephesians 1.7 In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace. Hebrews 9 He entered the most holy place once for all by his own blood, so obtaining eternal redemption. And 1 Peter 1, 18 and 19. For you know that it was not with perishable things such as silver or gold that you were redeemed from the empty way of life handed down to you from your ancestors, but with the precious blood of Christ, a lamb without blemish or defect. The comparison of gold that Jesus gave is nothing compared to what we've been forgiven. George Eldon Ladd puts it this way. The point of this parable is that when people claim to have received the unconditional and unmerited forgiveness of God, which is one of the gifts of the kingdom, and then are unwilling to forgive relatively trivial offences against themselves, they deny the reality of their very profession of divine forgiveness and by their conduct contradict the life and character of the kingdom. I'm going to read that again. The point of this parable is that when people claim to have received the unconditional and unmerited forgiveness of God, which is one of the gifts of the kingdom, and then are unwilling to forgive relatively trivial offences against themselves, they deny reality of the very profession of divine forgiveness, and by their conduct contradict the life and character of the kingdom. Now we were talking about this, this isn't in my notes, but we were talking about this on Thursday night at Connect Group about the church and why there's so many denominations and why is the church split so many times and why can't certain parts of the church forgive each other and come together in unity. Jesus says, you will know that you are my they will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. So we need to do a lot more, don't we? As a church, as God's church, as Jesus' church, to be united. Because if we don't forgive, then people think, those Christians, they're a bunch of... And I won't say it. Um, anyway, back to my notes. <laughs> the bottom line is, if we don't forgive, we won't be forgiven. And if we can't forgive, 
we can't truly love. 1 John 4 puts it this way. Whoever claims to love God yet hates a brother or sister is a liar. For whoever does not love their brother and sister whom they have seen cannot love God whom they have seen. So what do we take away from this parable this morning? What are the key points we need to think about? Well, firstly, there's no limit to the amount of forgiveness we should give. The rabbi said three times. Peter thought he was being really generous by doubling it, more than doubling it. But Jesus makes it clear that forgiveness has no limit. Through this parable, Jesus sets out in terms that anyone can understand the exact extent of mercy and forgiveness God has shown us. As demonstrated very, very poorly by these pictures. You know, three billion in gold bags, you know, bags of gold. But in comparison, can we forgive 5,000 pounds? Therefore, as followers of Jesus, in light of all that we've been forgiven, he commands that we should forgive too. It's an unnegotiable, it's a key value of the kingdom of God. And Jesus has made, very clear, made it very clear that if we don't forgive, we won't be forgiven. And as I just read there in 1 John, without love there is no forgiveness, and without forgiveness there is no love. So the key point is that Jesus is making here is that we have been forgiven so much. Surely we can follow God's example and forgive those who've hurt us. And finally this morning, as we've looked at this parable and we've talked about this prayer, let's pray the Lord's Prayer together. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. Well, thank you for listening. You can find this and all the previous talks on our YouTube channel. Uh, we're going to end the YouTube feed now and start Zoom meeting for those who've got the link. If you've been listening and you want to be part of the Zoom, then email Mark at the church at this very address um, and he'll add you to the link. Um, so before we switch off, I'm just going to read out the questions for this morning. So what has most impacted you from this talk? How has this morning's talk challenged or changed the way you view how we ought to forgive? How we should forgive others as God has forgiven us? What areas of forgiveness do you struggle with? And pray for each other, for relationships or situations where we need to be merciful and show forgiveness. Amen.